Hi there, my name is Tom Bell and welcome to my 5 Minute Friday podcast. It's April the 23rd, St George's Day, a day when the patriotically ill-informed of England wave red flags with red crosses to celebrate the life and martyrdom of the son of a Palestinian mother and a Turkish father. History teachers clearly have a lot to answer for. I'm an ethics consultant with expertise in willful blindness and ethical fading. I'm also the author of Lions, Liars, Donkeys and Penguins, The Killing of Alison. The book is about the events surrounding the suicide of my sister Alison following a period of abuse in the care of an NHS mental health hospital. I am a fellow of the Chartered Institute of Management, sounds great doesn't it, and a whistleblowing former NHS manager who was forced out of a promising career in 2017 for speaking unwelcome truths to directors. Coming from the private sector, I had mistakenly been under the impression that the leaders of any business would actually want to know if their services were not working and things were going wrong. I know, I know, silly me. I may sound flippant about it now, and I think perhaps that's my way of dealing with it, but on a serious note, the loss of my career and my income was a staggering and sobering reminder that displaying integrity sometimes comes at great personal cost. The story of the week, as covered by the media, is, of course, the guilty verdict that was returned on the killer of George Floyd in the USA. For me, this is where the concept of willful blindness becomes incredibly real on so many levels. And it also highlights the collaborative nature of willful blindness. It's it's something we participate in together. It's much easier to carry on doing nothing and then rationalise our inaction later when everybody else was doing nothing. And the reason for that is that as humans, we take our subconscious cues from each other. Studies have shown, and I find this fascinating, but studies have shown that when a waiting room full of people is slowly filled with smoke, it takes much longer for someone to react and raise the alarm than when the waiting room contains only a couple of people. When we are on our own, we are much more likely to follow our instincts and react. But when we are in a group, even a group we haven't met before, we tend to look to each other for our cues as to how we should behave or react in a situation. Therefore, people sitting around in a waiting room looking at each other, if nobody else is acting, then surely there's nothing wrong, even though there's smoke gathering in the room. So where am I going with this? Well, firstly, what struck me about the George Floyd incident was that his colleagues simply looked on. And I understand I've done a wee bit of research on on the people, the, the four officers that were involved, and two of them were rookies. But I still find it fascinating that on a human level, just as as humans, they were in a position with uniforms on to to act and none of them chose to intervene as a man was obviously having the very life crushed from him. Then I was struck by the number of people watching it unfold on their smartphones. They clearly knew something serious and untoward was unfolding in front of their eyes. You know, they've said that afterwards, but they were not acting. And sure, the smartphone footage was a key part of the evidence that not only led to a conviction, it was arguably the driver for the Black Lives Matter movement, that then emerged from it. But in the moment and at the time, was that enough for those people to do? Just watch and record as a murder unfolded. For me, it was a bit like watching a modern day rewrite of the story of Kitty Genovese. Some of you might have heard that before, a young lady murdered in New York in the 1960s, while a number of witnesses stood by and simply watched, each thinking that the other would have rung the police. Everyone fascinated and also frozen in inaction. And yes, I wasn't there, so it is impossible, well, at either event, yeah, but it's impossible for me to say how I would have reacted, but I do find it fascinating that nobody intervened, something something very, I can't find the right word for it, but there was something 
brutal and inhumane happening and nobody acted at the physical level. Lastly, I wonder if the story of George Floyd's death should have even made it onto the news. That may sound contentious, it's not meant to, but on the day he died, 25,000 people across the world, that's our world, died from starvation and hunger. That's an event that occurred the day before George Floyd's death and then the day after George Floyd's death. And it's an event that, according to the United Nations, occurs on a daily basis and has been doing so for years. And I wonder where our, our collective attention to that issue was and where is our collective attention to it now, today? Are we now entitled to celebrate, to feel good because one rogue cop was jailed while 25,000 people a day are still dying from hunger and starvation? I wonder. I wonder if we're looking in the right directions. Um, thanks for listening. Feel free to get in touch and do stay as safe as you can, as sane as you can, solvent if possible, of course, and even sober if you wish. Thanks for listening. Have a peaceful weekend.